All right, everybody. Good afternoon. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We put the lid on week seven last night. The Rams uh, in a very dull game defeating the Chicago Bears. And we are going to do a little bit of a recap on both the AFC and the NFC. Wiz, how are you today? Doing well. Doing well. Looking forward to starting uh, week eight. Uh, some uncertainty about injuries. I guess the big news is uh, it looks like Christian McCaffrey's on the right side of questionable, if you have him, um, for, the, for the game on when, on Thursday. But <clears throat> we'll have to see. But uh, as far as the game last night goes, I just wanted to just wanted to talk about it briefly is that, yeah, I think we had everything we talked about came in, uh, the under, the Rams, uh, the Allen Robinson under won by a yard, and he probably would have won that bet if he didn't get you know, really hit hard and got taken out of the game for the most of the fourth quarter. But uh, just a couple of things about the game that stood out to me. I don't know. We haven't, we haven't talked at all about the game, so... I guess you're hearing this for the first time as well, and you could give me your impressions. Two things that stood out to me is Nick Foles is just horrendous. Um, he had a chance a few times to hit Mooney on some big, big plays, and, you know, he just missed him. He was wide open on some long throws and just missed some easy throws. I, I thought he just, you know, really was inconsistent with his accuracy. I, I thought he played a poor game, and, the other thing that stood out to me is the Rams were horrendous in the fourth quarter, closing out the game. They couldn't make a first down in the entire fourth quarter. They gave up a fumble and pick up for a, a fumble and scoop for a score, um, and and they couldn't get a first down. I just don't know why they continue to just run it, run it, run it to click two to, to knock two two and a half minutes off the clock instead of just sticking with that passing game and getting a couple of first downs to give the defense a break. I mean, the Bears must have literally had five or six possessions in the fourth quarter because the Rams' offense just could not make a first down. So Nick Foles' inaccuracy, Moody could have had a big game. And the other thing was uh, I thought the Rams were going to have to do a better better job of closing out games uh, you know, when they have a lead. So on, on Nick Foles, I know there was, uh, I guess, a little bit of controversy on some comments that Foles made to Brian Greasy in, in the production meetings leading up to the game. Uh, came out afterwards. Matt Nagy was asked about it. Something about you know communication and complications in the play calls or what have you. Uh, we'll see how they handle it. I'm sure uh, Nagy and, and Foles will have a discussion about that. Um, you know, o- overall, I've been a, a been a big naysayer for a guy that came from the Andy Reid school. I think Matt Nagy's kind of struggled as a play caller. Uh, we know that, you know, as far as if you look at Trubisky versus Nick Foles, you know, Trubisky at least has a, a lot more mobility than Foles. But I, I, I don't I don't think Foles played a particularly good game. We, we know the front the front four um, for for the Rams is, is a strong part of their defense. And, and they did put some pressure on him. And, and, and I don't think Foles really handled that pressure very well. I just overall just don't like the play calling. I think I think the Bears have some talent on offense. You know, you mentioned Mooney has some speed. You know, we, we really liked Anthony Miller coming into this season, and they haven't quite utilized that player in the same way. I think Robinson's a good player. But, yeah, I don't like their play calling, so I think there's some complexities there that, that, that have been 
kind of haunting this team for a couple of years now, and they need to get that figured out. And on the Rams, uh, you know, it's funny. I actually like the way the Rams, early in the game, they were rolling Goff out a lot, a lot of these little short passes, almost acting like their run game. I don't know about you, though. It feels to me, and this is a couple of weeks in a row that I've watched it, Daryl Henderson certainly seems like he's the main guy in this backfield. We thought that potentially that Cam Akers would get some touches. He didn't. And he runs so hard. Um, and Malcolm Brown's played pretty well also. But, yeah, the, the play calling was a little bit plain Jane at the end of the game. I just think they needed to get more creative. They were using that that kind of motion offense and, and getting uh, Goff out of the pocket to really enable these kind of short, quick passes that, that actually ended up, you know, there was a couple of uh, passes to the – to the tight end, who was uh, Munt was his name, filling in for uh, uh, Tyler Higby. They were able to c- create some big plays through that way, but I don't know. This, this is a this is an offense also that I've been ex- extremely critical of. The play calling has changed a lot. They came out a little fast yesterday, and then I don't know, it just kind of sputtered out. So I, I don't know. Both of these coaches seem to struggle with play calling, and I think we saw that at Exhibit A last night. Yeah, like I said, I just I just wasn't impressed with the fourth quarter of the Rams. <clears throat> they couldn't close. They had difficulty. They couldn't make a first down. They gave the ball over to the Bears. And, look, the Bears probably could have had 100 possessions in the fourth quarter. They probably wouldn't have scored enough points to tie that game up. But uh, just from the standpoint of having to do that against more competent offenses, you know, the Rams are going to have to finish out games a lot better. And uh, I guess the one thing without having Tigby, he's such a good blocker and he's such a big guy that they just didn't have that without him. I mean, Everett Mullins, this tight end, they just, they just were getting pushed back in the, in the backfield on every single running play. So they missed Tigby in terms of the running game, but um, I think the Foles thing is something you just have to keep your eye on going forward. I, I just wasn't impressed with him. But um, I don't know. I guess we're, we're on to week eight. Are we ready to uh, break down how these teams look in the AFC after seven weeks from, a, I guess, a team perspective and a fantasy perspective? Yeah, absolutely. Let's, uh, let's get to it. So, All right. Do you want to start the AFC East? Yeah, well, I'll, to... I'll start with the AFC East today. Um, so uh, I kind of want to talk about more – what well, with a few of these teams on kind of what we're looking at in, in terms of looking forward. So in Miami, uh, I think both of us have talked about this. I'm I'm pretty shocked that that, that they've gone to this move at, at this time, and and we have to see how this kind of impacts the team. I almost feel like uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, he might want to call a lawyer because this is almost like uh, age discrimination in terms of moving him out. They've won the last two games by 24 and 26 points. I know you like two of the player, but I feel it's a strange time to be moving in this direction. But nonetheless, they've made that decision. How this impacts the rest of the offensive players on this team, that remains to be seen. I'm most interested in that. This is a team that was off this week. So how does it affect Gaskin's role? Is, is that is that uh, chemistry going to be there with Tua and Devontae Parker? We know how Parker's come on. So, so that's what I'm going to be really looking at for the Miami Dolphins. For the Buffalo Bills... You know, again, second week in a row, I, I, you've talked about Josh Allen a lot. Very inconsistent again. I think the biggest thing that came out of this ball game was we thought that Zach Moss was going to start to make some noise. And in fact, Zach Moss made a lot more noise than Devin Singletary. I think if you're a Devin Singletary owner, you better start getting very concerned about that. I think we're moving towards a, a definitive 50-50 uh, 
uh, breakdown and play here, but I think it could move beyond that. Moss, I think, is going to be the more effective runner here kind of moving forward. He's also a pretty good pass catcher, so I think everybody's got to watch out for that. The, the Jets are the Jets still. They are a terrible football team, uh, but there's two things that are kind of coming out of that game which they actually stayed competitive in they've got some injuries uh, at the receiving core with both Crowder and now Perriman in the concussion protocol so Denzel Mims stepped on the field for the first time I'm encouraged what I saw there in the first game and you know we've kind of noted that we thought that they weren't going to lean on Frank Gore much more and Perrine Michael Perrine was on the field a lot so I think that's something he's probably hanging around on a, on a lot of waiver wires out there. He shouldn't be because I think he's going to get more and more action as we kind of move through the season. I'll finish up with the New England Patriots. Uh, you know what? Cam Newton looked done this week. Julian Edelman looked done. The frustration has been built in. This team has really collapsed from that, you know, that showing that they almost took down the Seattle Seahawks a few weeks back, and things have just gone backwards here. I don't know if Cam's hiding an injury or not. It's just ugly. It was a really poor game. I don't think there's any offensive player you can lean on. They didn't even use James White this week. It's, I mean, aside from Harris in the backfield, it looks like to be the only consistent things right now. But the New England Patriots are a mess at the moment. And, you know, I think, like I said, Edelman's playing hurt. I think Cam might be playing hurt. It does not look good. Stidham's not good. So, you know what, Tom Brady... Good for you. You're in a great situation right now, but the New England Patriots are in complete disarray. Yeah, I'm just going <clears> to <throat> add a few short things on, on, on the teams in the um, division. The first thing is I talked about it last week. At this point, it appears to me the only commodity that's fantasy football relevant on the Patriots is their defense, uh, special teams. Uh, I don't feel good about any of their offensive players. Thought maybe last week I mentioned maybe James White from here to here. Edelman is just you know completely a non-factor. So uh, I don't feel good about any of the offensive players on the Patriots. The Miami Dolphins coach uh, quarterback switch seems and has a feel to it to be coming from management as opposed to the coach. Um, I just have a feeling that they, the, the the owner and general manager just said, look what Herbert's doing, look what Burrow's doing, we got to get our guy in there. The timing of it is strange, off wins, the team looks fired up playing behind Fitzpatrick. And man, this is a strange, strange time to bring this player in going up against Aaron Donald, who could completely wreck games. And look, he may play well and the Dolphins may win this game. He may play well and, and the Dolphins lose a tough game. And you just keep marching on with Tua. But my question is, if the Rams come in there and beat up on the Dolphins, what do they do? Are they going to say, okay, we rushed them too early. We're going to go back to Fitzpatrick. Yeah, how is that going to be on the mental state of mind of the player? So, look, for Miami's sake, I hope at least they play a competitive game. If, if it starts going wrong for Miami this game you know I, I think you know maybe they're going to regret it or second guess their decisions and uh, and see how that goes the Bills have not been the same team for a few weeks you know we'll see what happens here if they could if their defense 
is facing the Patriots, and that's what their defense needs to get some confidence going. But we'll, we'll see how, how that game turns out. Um, turn my attention to the AFC. And the one thing about the Jets is they're, they're playing, I guess, for the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes at this point. Um, going to the AFC North, and the rubber meets the road this week, right? Steelers, Ravens. Um, Ravens off a of bye week uh, playing in this game, and um, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be a good game again. I was really disappointed in Pittsburgh having a big lead and supposedly having that shutdown defense and letting the Titans come all the way back. I mean, all the way back. They missed a field goal to tie it up, but. I don't know. They just gave an easy 80, 70 yard touchdown pass to AJ Brown. There was nobody around them. I don't know what really has been going on with the Steelers in their pass coverage, but it's not a dominant defense. So we'll see what happens. The Ravens, however, a team that cannot afford to fall too far behind. They've shown that in the past. Uh, I think we're going to start seeing maybe in the second half something you've been saying and I think that's probably going to happen is yeah, I think you're going to see a lot more of J.K. Dobbins um, and we'll see how that goes for the Ravens but I think I have a feeling that he's going to take the lead there um, Baker Mayfield had a bounce back game that was against Cincinnati I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that he's back by any means I have to see what he does against a competent defense and uh, Joe Burrow on that offense has got it going on I mean he's playing very well through 400 yards their defense stinks, but their offense is keeping them in games. And, uh, you know, it, it appears to me, although the Browns are 5-2 and two and they're one game behind the Ravens or a half a game behind the Ravens and, and two games behind the Steelers, it, it doesn't appear that they're in the same league as the top two teams. So look, nothing really has changed as far as I'm concerned in that division. Yeah, so I, you know, I think Cincinnati has certainly came kept most of their games quite close, uh, save save that uh, Baltimore game. Uh, and Burrow played a really good game this week. Um, I'll be interested to see what happens. You know, potential trades. You know, AJ Green may be one of those pieces that could get moved. Geno Atkins has been mentioned as well. So kind of want to watch for that. But Cincinnati is definitely a team on the rise. They're 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 playing a lot better. Uh, and Joe Burrow is settling into that quarterback role as a rookie very, very well. You know, with Cleveland, you know, both of us talked about Harrison Bryant um, with uh, Austin Hooper being uh, relegated to uh, the bench because of his appendicitis attack. But two touchdowns for Bryant this week. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, Stefanski loves to use two tight ends. And especially with Beckham being gone for the season. Now, I, I know, you know, Rashard Higgins had a good game this week. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones finally got on, on the field and, and actually scored a touchdown as well. Uh, they got some good news on, on Nick Chubb that potentially after the bye week in week nine that he could return, which was great. I don't know. It would be interesting to see if they continue to deploy a, a bit more of these kind of two, two uh, tight end sets, which I know Stefanski likes to do already. And, and Bryant certainly seems to be a capable pass catcher. I agree with your points on the Pittsburgh D and especially with no Devin Bush. So it'll be interesting to see how that game kind of plays out. Baltimore being off a week, you know, do they kind of play a little rope-a-dope at the start of this and, and, you know, these teams know each other extremely well or, or, or does Pittsburgh really put the pedal to the metal and, you know, look at a team that has been off for a week and really try to make an impression with their offense and their passing game and, and see what happens there. Cause I don't think Baltimore's particularly good and, and they've been in the same position where Baltimore's defense has let some teams back into games as well. So this will be a very interesting game between these two teams looking forward to it on Sunday. 
All righty. Go ahead. Take the AFC South. Yeah, so AFC South, well, we know the Indianapolis Colts were off this past week. You know, I think the thing I'm most curious about, you know, I picked this player up in uh, a couple of leagues. Uh, we haven't liked the way T.Y. Hilton has meshed with Phillip Rivers. Marcus Johnson is a guy who's had two strong weeks in a row. I've picked him up. Uh, I'm curious to see if that, you know, chemistry continues. Um, we talked about Trey Burton uh, a lot, you know, in a couple of previous podcasts. I think Trey Burton is definitely the tight end to own in Indianapolis. So we'll see how they com- come out of their break. I think with Houston, I think the one thing that's kind of clear that they're, defensively they're not a very good team. I have a little bit more confidence in the in the kind of passing game that's going on there. Guys are staying healthy and on the field. Uh, we've gotten contributions from the passing game. Like I said, the defense can't hold anybody down, and it looks like Houston will continue to kind of be in these shutouts and, and playing from behind roles. So it's good for the offensive players on, on this team. Uh, I'm pretty worried about Gardner Minshew here. Uh, decision-making, there's kind of a lot of... I didn't like some of the gestures I saw on the field, particularly from DJ Shark, kind of shaking his head. It's just kind of creating a situation where I'm extremely concerned of what this means for Minshew's long-term um, ability to stay quarterback here. I had high hopes for him, especially after the first couple of weeks, but it's kind of fizzling out right now. So I'm quite worried about that. Not to say that Mike Glennon or, or Jake Luton are anywhere near uh, what needs to be to be an NFL quarterback, but nonetheless, it's a situation that bears watching as Jacksonville has put them into contention again for Trevor Lawrence. And, you know, I say the one shining light on this team, uh, you know, a a non, uh, a non uh, drafty free agent in, 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 in James Robinson, who has been spectacular. He is a hard runner. He catches the ball. He's got a nose for the end zone. There's nothing not to like about him. So players that have been riding this guy, you know, they're going to be sad to see him out of the lineup this week because he's been incredibly consistent. And let's see, Tennessee. Well, Tennessee showed they can kind of catch up a little bit. I think, you know, you talked about Ryan Tannehill. He's confident. He's playing well. Their defense kind of got bopped over the head early on in this game. But a couple of big plays from 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 Ryan Tannehill, and they had an opportunity to actually get back in this game and, and almost win the game. But, you know, it's really great that they have A.J. Brown back on the field. Corey Davis is making contributions. I think uh, Humphreys has been incredibly consistent. Uh, being on the field. So this passing game is working very, very well in conjunction, obviously, with an extremely strong running game uh, that they have in Derrick Henry. Yeah, no no, no question about that. I mean, um, you know, I, I'm just going to say, let's see, about the division. <clears throat> um, I, I'm really impressed. You know, I know A.J. Brown missed some time, but Every game he's played, he's been a force to be reckoned with, and I think that's gonna, I, I think that's gonna continue. James Robinson has been just a, a fantastic surprise. Any of those that that able to draft that player or pick him up in the first week or so, he he just looks better and better, and uh, he just isn't a player that should be coming off the field on third down for Chris Thompson. I mean, he showed an amazing amazing uh, move to get into the end zone after catching a, a short pass against a few Charger defenders last week. I have a feeling the Texans are going to make a trade before the all, uh, sorry, before the trade deadline, and I wouldn't be surprised if you saw one of their receivers get moved. Um, I think there'll be some activity before the NFL trade deadline. Um, so we'll have to look out for that, but I, re- I really have a feeling that out of all the teams, the Texans make the most sense considering salaries, where they're positioned, and, uh, and, and their team structure as well. And then, and then finally on the Colts, 
I had a feeling coming out of the bye week and looking at their schedule that Jonathan Taylor is going to be one of the top five to seven running backs in football from here on in the rest of the way. I love his matchups. Um, and I, I just think, you know, they're going to get back to what they do, and do best, and that's run the football behind that elite offensive line. So I, I really have a strong view. If you're in a league where you can acquire Taylor, I suggest you try and do it. And if, you have, if you're in a league where you have Taylor, I really have a strong conviction that that player is going to be one of the top five or seven running backs in football the rest of the way. Uh, let's go to the AFC West. Um, Kansas City seems to be finding these odd, freaky weather games. I mean, they played in a driving rainstorm at Buffalo. Then they went to Denver and played a snowstorm. And I guess the fantasy football god said, okay, we're going to reward you for having to do that, and we're going to give you the New York Jets at home this upcoming week. Um, I don't know. I know I know. neither one of us loves when we have a quarterback or some offensive players on a team that's like such a big favorite. You always worried about the game getting out of hand. I know I own uh, Patrick Mahomes in, in, uh, in one league. You have him in another league. And uh, I know you just have to worry about the Jets keeping up offensively or maybe Mahomes will do enough damage, um, you know, before they eventually take him out. So something to keep your eye on. Um, the the Broncos, you know, when I watch the Broncos, they just haven't been able to get all of their guys on the field at the same time. And when I look at that roster, when I look at all of those young players, I really like what I see. Two young tight ends, three or four good young receivers. Uh, Philip Lindsay, I was dubious of that Melvin Gordon signing. I didn't like it. I mean, I, I, I guess that probably Broncos – uh, well, second guessing that signing as well right now. He's fumbled the ball so many times. I, I just don't like that player or, or care for him that much. I, I just think I, I didn't like that signing for them. Justin Herbert has been has been terrific. He's been you know dynamic in another big game uh, this past week. And, uh, and as far as the Raiders go, man, they just look so hot and cold to me watching them play. Um, you know, Waller is, is is a real mainstay there, but and he he's the one consistent guy every single week. But Jacobs, I, I just I just don't know. He just you know ever since the hot start week one, he's been fairly quiet. I'm worried about him making it through the season, and then some of their other receivers. I don't know. I thought Renfro would be a good slot receiver. He doesn't step on the field as much as I would like, and. You know, the one guy that's been the real surprise has been this Nelson Aguilar, a guy who <clears throat> looked completely lost, a great player in college, terrific college receiver, and seemed like lost, made some terrible drops, bad plays with the Eagles, and now he just looks like a different guy again. So the inconsistency of the Raiders, I don't know, none of those other teams, I know the Raiders actually beat the Chiefs, but... You know, there's a big drop-off between the Chiefs and the other three teams. I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to add to to those um, teams. Yeah, I think, uh, look, I think Aguilar is going to be a pretty popular pickup. Uh, he's He's been very consistent the last three weeks for the Raiders. And I think you're right on the hot and cold part of the Raiders. They're 3-3 three and three as a team. They've had a couple of good wins. 
they will have a very big game this week uh, coming up, and it's going to be played in uh, right now. Looks to be uh, some challenging weather conditions. They're going to be playing the Cleveland Browns. Will be a big game for both of those teams. So we'll see that how that kind of shakes out. But I think Aguilar will be a hot pickup. Um, you know, as you mentioned, Waller really the most consistent uh, performer in this offense. Um, I think. I, I think you know it's funny when you when you look at weather. Um, I made a decision in one of my leagues this week, and I, I you know the forecast for that Denver game weren't too great. The wind, you know, snowy conditions, cold, and I actually started Herbert over over Patrick Mahomes, and uh, I was rewarded for that. Um, look, Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback, but I don't really love a combination of kind of wind and kind of blowing snow and stuff like that. It's just not. It's not something that's great for fantasy from a fantasy perspective. So, you know, the fact is they got up. They made they actually had two special team scores in this game, which kind of helped propel them to a lead. I'd say the one interesting thing, I know that you mentioned that they've played in a couple of bad weather games, but I don't think most people realize this, but Tyreek Hill, I don't think he's broken like 75 or 80 yards receiving this year in any game. Um, th- their strategy seems for teams to want to take him out and, and let some of the under- under- underneath stuff or other players and in- single coverage win out, but they're not allowing that home run ball to Hill, and he is yet to break you know, the 100-yard mark, but I don't think he's even broken the 80-yard mark. So something that's quite interesting. Um, I love Herbert. I love everything that he's doing. He's finding ways to do it. They have some very exciting young players uh, in, in this receiving court, Joe Reed scored his first touchdown. You know, you mentioned this backfield. They're getting by with, with both Kelly and, and Justin Jackson. And this is a team that's confident. They seem to be in every game. Their defense will start getting healthier, although I did see Melvin Ingram limp off the field again the other day, which isn't a good thing. But nonetheless, they played a really good game the other day, and Herbert has been just absolutely terrific. I agree with you overall on the Broncos. You know I hated Melvin Gordon coming into the season, but they have a lot of young players. I guess the biggest question was is, you know, is is Drew Locke going to be the right player to kind of be directing that that act or or is there some potential where, you know, you could see a quarterback change even next year because you know, he's a good player, but he hasn't quite shown what some of the other young quarterbacks have shown us uh, early on in their careers. Yeah, I think um, that team is a candidate for a veteran quarterback to come in there with all those young uh, receivers. But, uh, look, you know, we'll we'll have to to see how it it plays out. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Kansas City uh, team seems to be playing very conservative defenses against Kansas City, making them kind of dink and duck down the field. And Patrick Mahomes is kind of taking what the defense has given them. But – they, you know, it's been it's been successful so far. I mean, they've won the game, and their defenses have played well. Defense has played well, so we'll uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. I mean, as far as you know, I'm just really as far as AFC, I'm just looking at that Miami game um, against the Rams, and just so interested in how that works out with Tua, and then of course the big game, the Steelers and Ravens. That's the highlight of uh, the AFC, as far as I'm concerned. And I guess we're gonna uh, we're gonna go after the NFC uh, next. Yeah, and I guess the, the one thing I'll leave off with, uh, you know, I kind of talked about this with you just briefly. So the actual NFL trade do- deadline, is, and you, you talked a little bit about trade candidates as well, <laughs> is November the 3rd. Um, so the question I have for you is, you know, there's been some chatter about, you know, actually more activity that will occur this week as a result of, I think I'll let you explain it because you, because you explained it well earlier to me, uh, uh, given what's going on in the strange circumstances of this 2020 season. So 
we could see some trades as soon as this week. You want to uh, explain the reasoning for that? I mean, there's going to be, if there are trades, there's going to be a flurry of activity well before the deadline because similar to what happened with Antonio Brown, you know, they, they want to get these guys in, and because of COVID, they want to get them quarantined, having the pass test, and it's not like, you know, in, in past seasons, you make a trade for a guy, you sign him as a free agent, boom, the guy's in the building the next day, and then he's working out, and then he could be playing in two or three days uh, before the next game. So there's a bit of a process, so there's going to be activity before the deadline, simply because it, it may be the difference of a game or two. I mean, it could be the difference of playing in week nine versus week 11. So that's why you're going to see activity. uh, You should see activity before the trade trade deadline, the COVID protocols, the testing, the quarantining, all of that stuff. So uh, you've seen that with Le'Veon Bell. You're seeing that with Antonio Brown, and you're going to see that with trade. So they want these players to get to the building as quickly as possible, but um, there is a protocol, so that's why that's going to happen. All right, fantastic, Wiz. So we'll leave it off there. Good recap of the AFC. On to the NFC, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Please subscribe to the podcast. Lots of good information coming your way each and every week. We are proving ourselves each and every week. Uh, People are leaning on us. I hope everybody else does the same. Wiz, I wish you a good rest of the day until we talk about the NFC. Got it.